book of Hebrews tonight, Hebrews chapter number four, Hebrews chapter number four, and what a great day we've had today. Uh, we have a great day every Sunday, don't we? Uh, but today's been a great day with the theme of Bind the Brokenhearted, and the music today has been outstanding, and the preaching has been fair uh, so far, uh, but we look forward to what God has for us uh, this evening. Are you awake? When I tell funny jokes, you're supposed to respond to that. Hebrews chapter number four, this morning's message, um, I would encourage you, if you weren't in the service, uh, to, go, to, to go back on our website, YouTube channel, podcast, all the different means we have, listen to it. You may want to go back and listen to it again, uh, even if you did listen to it. This, we're, we're in the service this morning, uh, and I believe, it would be, I believe it's very, very helpful. Tonight, I want to be more practical on this idea of uh, heartbreak, sorrow, grief, things, burdens that we bear. I want to use the message tonight to keep, uh, hopefully keep our focus on not ours, but, the other, but what others may be experiencing and the fact that uh, we have a great opportunity to help somebody else. And uh, that's the uh, goal this evening as we look at Hebrews chapter number, f- uh, number 4, and we'll read one verse of Scripture tonight, verse number 15. The Bible says, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. What a wonderful verse of Scripture. What a verse of Scripture to remind us of our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. No man can get us to God. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. As we saw this morning, uh, Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, uh, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, went to the cross of Calvary to pay our sin debt. He acted as our high priest. Aren't you thankful that Christ was willing to be our high priest, took his own blood and sprinkled it on the mercy seat in heaven? And that blood speaks on our behalf even tonight. I want you to notice this verse of Scripture, and typically we use this verse of Scripture as I just described it, and certainly we should, and it's appropriate. But I want to point out the humanity aspect of Christ, God in the flesh. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched. I mentioned several times this morning, it's important for us to to remember that Jesus faced everything that we faced. He had emotions as we have, but being God, never sinned, never had a thought he shouldn't have had. He never spoke out of anger. He never uh, was out of control of his emotions. He set the pattern for you and I to follow, and only in his perfection could he be that high priest. But I'm reminded when I read this verse of Scripture that he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He was touched by what you go through, I go through, what every individual has gone through. Jesus went to the cross of Calvary not to pay for his own sins. We need to be reminded of that. He went to the cross of Calvary to pay for our sins. Jesus put our iniquities on him. God put our iniquities on him. I want to focus on that tonight, that phrase, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was touched by our infirmities. 
to think as the choir sang this morning that song, Does Jesus Care? Then that's a pretty easy question to answer as they did. Yes, he cares. Because he was touched by our infirmities. Tonight I want to use this verse of scripture and I want to, 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 to use the message tonight to remind us of a very of our, of important focus and uh, we ought to be touched by the grief of others, touched by the hurt of others. And let's ask the Lord to help us this evening. Father, I pray that you'd use your word tonight, a very practical message tonight, to uh, remind us of how if we truly want to be like Christ, we have to care. We have to care for people. We have to care for those who can give us nothing in return. And Father, I pray that this church would keep its focus on this world, on others that we can be a help to, a focus on one another that we can be a help to. And Father, I pray that this message will in turn help us to do that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I noticed that word touched in verse number 15. It's a word that means to suffer with another. It means that when someone else suffers, we take upon ourselves the same suffering. We know that Jesus never sinned, but when he went to the cross, as the book of Isaiah reminded us this morning, our iniquities were laid on him. He became sin for you and I. Certainly when he gave us the example of emotion and I referenced it this morning, of course, in the fact that Jesus wept. It means that we'd be touched by our infirmities, that if we're to be touched by what someone else is going through, it means that we take upon ourselves that same suffering. I'm reminded there's several places in the New Testament that reminds us to, uh, to, to bear one another's burdens. Uh, and part of doing that is to be touched by what they are going through. Too many times we allow things that uh, we feel or we allow things that others experience just to roll off our back, if you will. And many times as Christians, and we shouldn't be this way, as I've got my own problems, I don't have time to, to even acknowledge many times your problems. But I'm afraid we've got to be very, very careful as God's people not just to go going through our life just concerned. And we ought to be concerned because we have our own problems we have to deal with. I'm not telling you to ignore your problems. We can't be so consumed with what's going on with us and in our own little world and inside of our church that we're not concerned with the hurts and the needs of other people. Generally speaking, it's very sad in my opinion what you observe happening in many places in Christianity. In a world of hurting, broken people, there are far too many Christians who simply do not care. Now, I would contend with you tonight, you, you ought to know that you have the Word of God that you hold in your hand. There are certain things that a Christian should not be a part of. There are certain stands that we should take, and I'm thankful for those stands, and this is a church that has stood, and we intend to stand for that which is right. But there should never get a place where we don't have a heart for broken people. It's a good question for us all to be asked and reminded, do we see the hurting people who are around us? When I think of the book of Jeremiah and Lamentations, there's good, two good books of the Bible for us to read to remind us of the compassion that we're supposed to have. An Old Testament prophet said, Is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? In other words, is there no care? Is there no compassion? Well, when's, uh, good question to ask all of us is, When have we shed tears over 
another brother or sister in Christ. Not because they didn't do what we wanted them to do, but because they were hurting, because they were broken. I think most of us could answer that question. But let's take it a step further. When's the last time there's evidence of a broken heart in our life for those we don't even know? For those that we see hurting? Those in this world that we know are broken people. And I know tonight I am preaching this message to a compassionate church, to a church that for not years but decades have gone and tried to give the greatest news that has ever been told, the news of the gospel, to to those who so desperately need it. And even, sadly, far too often, our acts of compassion do not come from a heart of compassion. We walk and we go through the motions. Tonight, I want us to be reminded that as Christ was touched by our infirmities, we ought to be touched by the hurt, the grief, the heartache, the care, the concern that others have. Too many times we as Christians, and again, generally speaking, my family's saved, so that's the greatest concern. You ought to be concerned about your family being saved. We're not concerned about somebody else's family who is not saved. I don't have, everything in my life seems to be going well now, but do we have a heart and compassion for those who are struggling at the time. See, Jesus was touched by what others were going through. And it's become so cliche among quote-unquote Christian people to throw around the name of Jesus as an example, and we ought to just live like Christ, and we ought to want to do like Christ. And I'm certainly not advocating against that, But too many times we define that as things that Christ would or would not do. Or we pick a few things that he did and we eliminate all the others. Jesus cared about those who could do nothing for him. Jesus cared about those that nobody else cared about. I I, I understand. We have responsibility to take care of. We have priorities. We're supposed to be taking care of those that the Lord has placed directly in our life. But we ought to have compassion and Are we able to be touched by what others are going through? The feeling of people's infirmities touch Christ. Now tonight I want to just give us five very practical, very practical, simple things. And my goal tonight is to give us something that we can walk out of here with and we can put into practice this week. Because did you know that a kind word could change somebody's life this week? Did you know caring enough, they may not come, but caring enough to invite somebody to attend your church might make a difference in somebody's life this week. You stopping and when the Lord puts somebody on your heart, stopping and saying, I don't know why uh, the Lord brought them to my mind, but I'm going to stop and pray for them. You know, that can make a difference in somebody's life this week. But if we have to stop and pay attention long enough, we have to on purpose want to see what's going on in the life of other people. I know I'm preaching this in a day when the world preaches to us, get what you can get, do for yourself what you can do. But I remind you that if we're going to truly be like Christ, we must also model him in this capacity to feel the things that others feel. Let me give you five very practical things that I think we 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 can replicate. Number one, if we're going to do this, we must walk where Jesus walked. We must walk where Jesus walked. Jesus went 
where hurting people were. Jesus did not wait until hurting people came to him. Now, hurting people did come to him, but he went to them. Well, Pastor, we're right here on the corner, and, and you can't miss our building, and you don't ever forget the shape of our building if you see it. People know Sunday's the Lord's Day. If they come in, we'll help them. Jesus went to where they were. We have got to walk where Jesus walked. There are far too many Christians today who are too comfortable with their life and spend far too little time with those, little time with, with, with those who are hurting. This is why many people have no broken heart. You know why Christians get callous? There's many reasons why they get callous, but one reason they get callous is the fact they're never around and never trying to help somebody else who's hurting. Jesus wasn't that way. We must walk where he walked. We must go where he went. We don't need to run from people with problems. Those are the people who need help. Could you imagine doctors saying, well, you know, I, I just... We don't. I don't want to do. I only want to do a health. I only do. I don't want to do do wellness checks. I I don't want to do. I only want to do a healthy people. Um, and sometimes you do feel that way when a doctor can't diagnose you because you have some kind of sickness. You have some kind of health issue and you can't get diagnosed. And you get frustrated. And I've heard some of you say, Pastor, I'm frustrated because I feel like I have a doctor who doesn't really want. I'm just a bother. He don't want. He don't want. He don't want to listen to me. He don't want to try and help solve my problem. Well, it should ever feel that way when it comes to God's people, when it comes to people who are hurting. We must walk where Jesus walked, number two. We must see what Jesus saw. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9 very quickly, if you will. Matthew chapter 9. We must see what Jesus saw. Matthew chapter number 9. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 35. You say, Pastor, what did Jesus see? Well, I think we can summarize what Jesus saw beginning in verse 35 of Matthew chapter number 9, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the, their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, verse number 35 lines right up with point number one. <coughs> we must walk where Jesus walked. He went to where the people were. <coughs> but we're going to see what Jesus saw. Notice verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Notice when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Now I believe that as Christians, there's a certain way you ought to conduct yourself. There's a certain way you ought to live. There's certain standards, conviction, morality that we ought to have. And I don't know about you, but it frustrates me when you see how wicked and vile this world has gotten. But this world needs Christ. And we, ought to, we shouldn't get to a place where we're not moved with the compassion that this world needs Christ. He was moved with compassion because he noticed them. Jesus saw the multitudes, but he noticed them. Think about that. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he knew every name. 
Say, Pastor, are you expect us to know every name? No, we can't even remember the name, we, oh, the name of our children half the time. No, I don't expect us to know every name. But the point I'm making is Christ knew every need. He didn't just see the multitudes, but he noticed them. He noticed the individual. Jesus went to a well and noticed a woman. He was in a multitude and he noticed Zacchaeus in a tree. He picked out people. He ministered to people. He looked for those in need. How, how many times do we get lost in, with the, the, the magnitude of this world and what goes on in this world? We need to be reminded this world is made up of individuals who need help, who are broken. We must see what Jesus saw. I'm reminded of the woman with uh, the issue of blood who touched his garment and Jesus being thronged. And we know, and I preached that not too long, he was going to perform a miracle. But he got interrupted. How many times do we as God's people, are we too busy to stop and to minister to somebody, too busy to stop and meet the need of someone? Number three, we must realize what Jesus realized. What did he realize? He realized that God loved these people and wanted them. It's a sad thing when you think of the issues our world is facing. You think of abortion and the fact that somebody would discard a child because they don't want it. It's sad to me. You think that there's children who they live at home and they know they don't have a parent that loves them. So, Pastor, I can't fathom it. I, I haven't experienced that, so I can't fathom it. I know it exists. How sad for a family to be discarded because somebody did not love them. I, I don't know what it's like to go through this life unloved and unwanted. But understand that God wants everybody. God didn't die for a select few. God didn't, didn't just die for those who, who He had preordained. He died for everyone. God wants everyone. That's why He sent His Son to pay the sin debt for all mankind. He wants, and tonight this ought to be an encouragement to you, but also be, ought to remind us of the responsibility that we have. We ought to want the same people that God wants. You may be a widow, a widower, but God wants the widow and the widower. I think of our church and think of all the things that make up our church. God wants the neglected. God wants those children that are picked up every Sunday. God wants those who are the special needs. God wants them. God wants the unlovable. Say they're hard to love. No, God loves the unlo what we would call the unlovable. Uh, if we're going to be touched as he was touched, you've got to realize uh, what Jesus realized, and that's that God loves everybody, and God wants to help everybody, and God wants to meet the needs of everyone. Uh, God helped the church that just refuses to help a certain kind of people. Say, well, you know, people with problems, it takes more effort. That's exactly right. So what do we do? We put in more effort. We put in more work. Do you realize, and this is good for some who have been saved for 30 and 40 years. It's good for some who is used to the way Christianity was in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. It is a new day, not meaning the Bible changes, 
But people come to us now broken. They're not automatically a fundamental Bible believer. Let me hit that again. People come to us broken, looking for salvation, looking for a difference in their life. They don't have it all figured out. Somebody's got to have compassion and help them get to where God wants them to get. Well, they're they're just never going to get it. Well, God wants them to get it. They're not going to get it. I don't want them to be because I didn't try and help them. He knew the Father loved the people who were hurting and broken. By the way, we as a church, we go out, and and I'm so proud of the efforts you put in during this campaign, and we need to keep it going of inviting people, getting people here, and caring about people, getting in the house of God, getting the needs, their needs met, uh, and, and and just ministering to people everywhere that we can find them. That is what God wants to be done. And I commend you for the efforts you put in, and it has shown. We, we cannot be, ever become a church that just looks for people who are just like us. I mean, look around. Who would want to go to a church full of people just like you? And what I mean by that is people have problems. We have to be a people who have compassion, and we must realize what Jesus realized. Say, who am I going to find that God wants? Anybody you bump into, God wants them. So, Pastor, who do you, what kind of people do you want to be a part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church? All of them. All of them. As long as they're not from the north. All of them. No, I'm just kidding. I already said God loves everybody. Great churches, don't forget this, great churches aren't churches that necessarily have the greatest numbers. Great churches are churches that realize God has a special place in his heart for broken people. Broken people. Number four, I hope this is making sense. I hope this helps. We must do what Jesus did. When Jesus was around broken people, he helped them. You know, ultimately, ultimately, when God would judges this world, it is God who's going to do the judging. Jesus, being God, is the judge. But yet when he was around broken people, he didn't do like a lot of Baptists do today. He didn't judge them. He helped them. Let me just remind all of us who he did judge. He judged the people who were judging the broken people. That's who he judged. And we must do what Jesus did. He gave himself to them and he gave himself for them. Don't miss this next statement. The church today needs to reach out to the world around us more than ever before. Now, I did not say the church needs to be like the world. That's a mistake many are making. We've got to be like the world to reach the world. You cannot reach the world with the world. And you ought to have what is right, and we do in the Word of God, but if we don't ever reach out with the truth to those who need it, how are they ever going to be helped? Aren't you glad when your life was a mess, somebody reached out with the gospel to you? We need to make an effort. That's the purpose of a day like today, bind the brokenhearted Sunday. For whoever would come, I want them to know that there's a God that loves them. There's a God that cares about them. But there's also some of God's people who care for them as well. We must do what Jesus did. He helped those that he could help. 
the number five, and I'm done. Aren't you proud of me? We must open our hearts like Jesus opened his heart. This is tough. Not that the first four were easy. This one's tough. Because if you open your heart like Jesus opened his heart, you might get rejected. Nobody likes rejection. If you open your heart like Jesus opened his heart, you might get hurt. Somebody might take advantage of you. If you open your heart like Jesus opened his heart, well, we know that they nailed Jesus to the cross. And all he did was come as God loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Jesus was not afraid to care. He was not afraid to weep. He was not afraid to love or to feel what others felt. That is why he was touched. You know what would do good to a lot of Christians? If you let your guard down from time to time. I don't mean being improper. You've got to always be proper. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I mean is, it's okay for you to let people know that you care. It's okay for you to open your heart to others. He had a broken heart on Calvary. I look at Christ, and Christ was never ashamed. He was never afraid to show that he cared. As I consider Christ as our example in the fact that he was touched by our infirmities, and yes, we, he paid our sin debt, aren't you thankful? But yet he, as 100% God and 100% man, he understood, he faced the temptations we face. He had emotions, but he was in complete control as God. But as I consider those things, he let himself be touched. What a, what a humbling thought that God would leave perfection, leave heaven, and come to this nasty old world. The most beautiful places on this planet pales in comparison to heaven. The pastor, well, have you seen heaven? Well, I know what this Bible tells me about heaven. It's hard for me to believe that while God created this earth, the new earth, the new heaven, it has not been touched by sin. What a sight that's going to be. But Jesus allowed himself to be touched by man. Think about that. I guess tonight I just want us to be reminded, and I know that this is a church that cares for people. We care for one another. But I always want to prepare us and remind us for many of the things that we face. I've tried to do that through the last couple of years and try and keep us on the right track as a church and as a people. We know this world is filled full of hate. And if you don't know who you're supposed to hate, just turn on the television and it'll tell you who you're supposed to hate. And if you change the channel, they'll tell you who you're supposed to hate. If you turn on the radio, they'll tell you who you're supposed to hate. But this Bible tells me who I'm supposed to love. I'm supposed to love all men. And if we are going to have the effect that we can have on this world, 
We must allow ourselves to be affected as Christ was affected. He allowed himself to be affected by the needs, the hurts, and the heartaches. May we not become so callous because we see what goes on in this world that we forget that we still have a work that we're to do as the church. Hey, this, this week, as we've had the focus today, this week you're going to cross paths with somebody that if you'll slow down just a little bit, I, I don't always do this, but I, I heard a preacher preach this when I was a very young man. And just, just like a couple years ago, just a very, very young man. I, and I tried to do this, and well, I go to the grocery store. I don't always do it because I, I get busy and distracted and weary in mind. But I try and stop and picture the person who's checking out the groceries. They're going to go to heaven, they're going to go to hell. What problems do they have? Do they have anybody in their life that cares about them? Pastor, I'm busy. We're all busy. We, we like that little tagline, don't we, sometimes? Well, what would Jesus do? He'd stop long enough to take notice. Say, Pastor, I can't fix it. Nobody's asking you to fix it. But I'm going to think we could do a lot of good if we just notice it. We just respond in a way that Christ would respond. Oh, it's a great challenge because many times we can't even handle our own hurts. We can't even handle, we have a hard time handling our own burdens. But I promise you, if we'll take the time to try and be touched, allow ourselves to help those who are hurting. But oftentimes, if we really get a desire to help people who are hurting, we got to know what it's like to be hurt first. We've got to know what it's like to be burdened. I mentioned this morning at the conclusion of the service that whatever you have dealt with or you're going through, there's somebody you're going to come, you're going to cross paths with that you can reach and the pastor can't reach them. Just like you know, you know my story. There are, there, there, there. I get, I get, I all the time. I get texts, calls, emails from different people. I, I, I ran across this this couple who just lost a child. Will you call them all the time? What is that? That's a hurt that I've had. That I hope I can use to help somebody else. I, I know I say this a lot in this. This may or may not make sense to you tonight. But I really believe the day we're living in, we know this is a hurting world. And I believe, if not, the greatest tool, the opportunity we have as God's people, as God's church, is just to look for hurting people. I believe people want to know the truth. I believe people want somebody just to love them and care about them. You know who loves unconditionally? We know this because He loves us unconditionally. Aren't you thankful that the Lord loves us unconditionally? In spite of our imperfections, in spite of our high days, our low days, our inconsistencies. Well, aren't you thankful that God puts people in your life that love you unconditionally? Well, there's people out there we're going to cross paths with. Why don't we just challenge ourselves this week just to stop and find somebody we can notice? And instead of being a jerk in Jesus' name, why don't we put a smile on our face and try and encourage? Well, you don't know what they did. 
Well, you don't know what they may be going through. But pastor, do you know? I don't know. But I know this. I know Jesus would take notice. Jesus would care. There's a statement I heard Dr. Jack Howell say over and over again, and there's others that have said it. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You see a lot of that in this world today. You see a lot of preachers and Christians spouting off everything they know. And by the way, we ought to take a stand, and we need to take a stand in this day. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I believe we are admonished to speak the truth with love. And let's care about people this week. Father, help us use these simple truths.